Hello and welcome to Saw Dog, the Saw Fanatics uh, fan cast where we talk everything Saw, uh, from Saw 1 to Saw 5. I'm, of course, Josh, joined as ever by my colleague, my friend, and I like to think the Mark Hoffman to my John Kramer. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, well, what an you're, energy. Because you're a little copycat, man. I got married, and then you're like, I'm going to marry my partner, sort oh, of. Oh, come on. So I'm... you're kind of the copycat. You're kind of the Mark Hoffman. I'm freaking John Kramer, and I freaking tricked you with a shotgun, and, and you were like, oh, no, I got to be Mr. Saw's handy guy now. Wait, but I mean, I am considerably older than you. I resolved my credit card debt. Well, I never even had any, so I fixed that problem right out of the gate. Um, Hold on, maybe, maybe, maybe Mark Hoffman has aged really well. Have you considered that? Maybe John, who we know has oh. suffers from a, a very serious illness, is he's actually twenty five in the in the world of the movie. <laughs> Jigsaw's like in his mid twenties. He's a millennial. Fuck that actually. That explains a lot and changes a lot. I'm glad you brought that up now because I was ready to rip in, but now I get it. Yeah, here's the thing. Jigsaw's a classic millennial. If he just stopped spending all of his money on Twisted Games... (laughs) Goodbye, I was kidding. No, he He bought a house. so much property. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a boomer, dude. This this theory is so... Yes, go ahead. It's a terrible theory. Welcome to When Will It End? We watched the whole series of movies, et cetera, et cetera. We're now... Uh, in the back half of the Saw franchise, which is a little uh, a little sad to think about, but uh, we've officially crossed the demarcation point where, with the release of Chris Rock's twisted new take on the Book of Saw coming out in May, we are uh, well. I guess this month this comes out uh, on Monday. Uh, this could, no, it doesn't. Actually, comes out. We're ahead. We're dude, so ahead. We are of time. so ahead. It's amazing. I'm so I'm so unused <laughs> to being ahead of schedule that I'm I'm fucking up the record as a result. Anyways, um, yeah, we're in the back half of the series, um, and uh, I, I would say at this point in Saw Five, we've we've entered what I would describe as the first lull in the series. I enjoyed Saw Five. I found this to be slightly less dramatic than its four predecessors which to be fair contextually speaking saw four is like basically one of the craziest movies i've ever seen so i'm not really sure it seems like they they deliberately sort of eased off the gas a little bit and 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 as i was a trying to get around to talking about john kramer the property owner we get a veritable tour of Mm. every saw location in this movie we go back to saw i think we basically go through every single space that we've been in to date so over the course of this movie yeah this so i i was with you i watched this movie and uh, about halfway i was like wow this is really like this is slow this is like not even so we've talked the first one was like not very gory but it was also very intense this one is the death i like i keep track of every death now to like really pick my favorite and the death counts small the opening gore is pretty intense but other than that it's like not even that like, yes, this is a very different Saw movie. And I was thinking about um, Pirates of the Caribbean, where, like, if you sit through three gore movies, n- not that gore, the other gore. I'm Gore Vabinsky. Welcome to my movie palace. Is that Werner or Gore? I forget what we did for for Gore. Who remembers? Yeah, I guess you could just listen there's, to there's those There's no episodes. way of finding out, too. So those just, episodes rule. Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, people have asked me what the most consistent or the best series are. And there's, a, you know, a few candidates. I think, you know, uh, obviously the Mazeverse, the Hungerverse, mm. both very solid. Yeah. Uh, but I do, my in my heart, I do kind of miss the Pirateverse because, uh It's man. actually the Caribiverse. I, I named oh, that one me. the Caribiverse. <laughs> Forgive me. That's a yeah. much better, a much better yeah. name. Like talk about like pure batshit stuff. I mean, uh, I think uh, Pirates Three is really very difficult. That still to date might be one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. So that's why I bring it up because you've lived through three more and more crazy and intense gore movies in the in the Caribiverse. In a very similar way, we've seen the amp up of the Sawverse, where it's been small, pretty contained. You meet some characters. You meet. You meet your favorite psycho that kills people with funny traps. And then in the same way that by the end of the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, there's like fucking swirling, just this giant whirlpool with monsters and ships. Just like it it got so crazy that we're like, all right, the fourth movie has to release some of this tension. And unfortunately, it did that with Russian pedo, like you know, wanting to fuck Russian mermaids that were probably in their teens. Yeah, so, P- Pirates 4 is, I mean, 
God. I mean, we talk about how, you know, the, the series I mentioned a minute ago, the Mazeverse, uh, the Hungerverse, those are rooted in a book series, which I think gives them sort of an unfair yeah, advantage in structure. As far as series that genuinely spin off into God knows what, I, actually, I want to bring this up because the structure of the Saw franchise, I think, is actually somewhat revolutionary. And I want to run yes. this theory oh by you. Oh, my God. It's I was that's I, I'll let you go. I just want to say by the end of this movie, I was so in awe of how this franchise is building that like even though this was the slowest one yet, I still think it's a fucking admirable and really great addition to the Sovers. Right. This was I mean, I ultimately I landed on like a three point five out of five on this where it was very fun. I enjoyed watching it. I think it's the least memorable so far, but it continues a fascinating approach to developing the world that we've never seen before. Yeah. Most franchises develop outward. You look at, for example, the dominant franchise culture of the 21st century, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's just sort of like this ever-expanding, always outward-looking, everything is about growing and adding more things and weaving more things together in, in, in this sort of like outward expansion. But fascinatingly, the Sawverse develops inward. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever seen this before in a franchise where – as the series progresses, we constantly are going back. We are constantly reexamining things. We are constantly recontextualizing things we've already seen. Now, I hate to bring up Star Wars. You know that. My God, I hate it. You know what? I you've hate been, to bring up the Star Wars. We've been doing this show for a long time now. Yeah. And I got a little secret. What's that, my friend? I always love bringing it up. God, you I always, little, I've, I've been faking sick, it the whole time. Sick. I know. But I love it. Little fucking uh, Jar Jar and little you're Swamp as, you're Bobs. As and, as, you're as twisted as freaking Jigsaw. Yeah. Um, no, so like the thing about the most recent pass at expanding the Star Wars universe is that the formlessness and the manic energy of the largely J.J. helmed most recent trilogy, I think really left most people very frustrated structurally. Like I know there are some people who enjoyed Rise of Skywalking Time or whatever, which is insane to me. It's a very, very bad movie. But I can understand like on a base level if you went to go see – Pew pews and view, view, view. you know you got plenty of that. So I can yeah. I guess like there's like a, an experiential quality to that. I would never take away from someone, especially young people. They came there to see the pew pews and the view, view, and they also. Got it. And if you if you came there to see transports, yeah. Let me tell you, there's other transports. And, and just a spoiler, uh, there's some stuff in that movie where you think that there's one transport. Spoiler: There's actually a, another so, transport. Yeah, lots of pew pews, lots of rivers, and. Potentially At least two. two. Yeah, likely <laughs> so. more, but two that are of pertinent uh, importance to the plot. Anywho, uh, you, you look at that trilogy and I think objectively it fails to deliver some very basic things. Like, did we really want Ray to become a Skywalker? Was that really the outcome anyone wanted from that? Like, I just think like fundamentally on a storytelling level, that's just a really tortured series, which maybe one day we'll deal with, but... Oh wow, we tried. Not, not this the, is a little secret behind the scenes. We actually. I think were, we talked about this. Maybe we, we talked did. About we were this. so desperate to like maybe do something exciting. We sat down and watched twenty minutes of A New Hope and was like, "Nope, fuck, <laughs> this sucks." <laughs> but it's, just, just, it's, it's funny really, to bring uh, up Star yeah. Wars. This is as though, like, imagine the first time you plop down and watch the Moss Eisley spaceport, where you just meet all these little creatures and you the funny song and the the Greedo getting blasted by Han. Like all this, like that's what you think about when, when, when I think about Star Wars is like moments like that where there's so much world being just like offhandedly showed to you and never come back to you. The Sawverse is if, if five movies took place in the Moss Eisley spaceport and that's yeah, And we it. learned why every individual <laughs> alien was in the bar at that given time. And by the way, on this podcast, freaking Han shot first. I'm Absolutely. Sorry. I'm sorry, Libs. Han shot first. He did it. Okay. He's a fucking, Anyways, yeah. Sorry. We won't so talk what about I want to say Wars. was, I would argue as much as I love the Last Jedi because it, it, it I think uh, it's it's both beautiful and is a fascinating examination of uh, the world of Star Wars. So from a franchise perspective, it's very interesting. The most successful 21st century Star Wars movie is Rogue One because to me, Rogue One makes the original series better. It sets up yes. the action of the first movie in a way that deepens and complicates the emotional stakes and sheds a light on an entire hidden story that it now is – it's difficult to imagine that without 
Rogue One. Like I, it's I, I did a watch with my brothers last year, or maybe the year before. Who remembers? Oh, the pandemic. It's, it's so bad. bad. It's bad. What happened? We're gonna come um, out strong, saying it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, that's our take on the pandemic. We're uh, Han shot first. Pandemic bad, uh, and we're not gonna back down from that unless. I well, guess if enough people well, complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll definitely back down. Yeah, uh, but in fact, I'll back, know, it, I'm actually backing down right now. Okay, yeah, Charles is out, and I'm half out. So half of us, uh, a quarter of us, to collectively. Um, so yes, what I was trying to say was, you watch Rogue One into a New Hope. It makes a New Hope better, and that is of you know the closest I think we may get. I mean, Lord knows, Solo a similarly muddled, a, a I think an overhated but unsatisfying movie. You know, to me, it is perfectly hated, but just for my own <laughs> one experience with it. Okay, well, no, I'll agree with you. I, I think I have a soft spot in my heart for Solo, but I admit that it is uh, understandably difficult and objectively not a success. But I like that you bring it up because basically, what Rogue One did to A New Hope, Solo, un- like, did the opposite. It did nothing. All it did was make me like want to watch something else. And where Rogue One really figures out how to build from a place that you already understand and actually makes you want to live in this space more exactly so right. just so, like learning his name was so oh my god like that's the shit we don't need we don't need a scene where jigsaw's like how did i be this is how i became the name jigsaw it's like we have it sort of but it's not you know it's not brought up and it doesn't fucking well, but matter they, they, it's sort of like they back announce it kind of where he's like i did the jigsaw stuff because they're all missing a thing so you right. know like a jigsaw so i did like a like I, I gotta say thing. that is the least consistent part of this franchise. Is yeah, who yeah. gets who gets a piece taken out and who doesn't? So far, it's probably about eight percent of victims get a little piece taken out. I like it. Right. Though. It seems to be that if you're an individual game player, then you lose a jigsaw piece, unless you've been incinerated. But if you're in the group games, you're not Too really. Much, that man. sort of doesn't apply. To I you. think like, that's that's a common. You know, if you start a project and you're like, you get into it and you're like, oh, I can do this, and then suddenly your project sort of blows up and gets out of control and you're just like you know fuck it i'm not gonna take a little can you imagine just like at that point taking eight little jigsaws out of people it's just way too much for definitely john and even with his little cohorts you know that's three people it's still more than one jigsaw person yeah then it's like who's tagging the jigsaw cutouts who's arranging them is there like a catalog are we gonna see finally maybe in saw 3d the final chapter we'll see the final you know full jigsaw now did he design a full jigsaw plan that each i mean well it's there just is very complicated actually in the, the the bonus scenes i got the dvd and there is a director's cut scene where you see the trello board that john uses with amanda and and hoffman and he's like uh, I have a game. Uh, I'm trying to help assign this task to Adam. But I... Can someone... I'm a boomer. I don't know how Trello works. I mean, I don't know what Trello is, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. It's like... Uh, well, sorry, then. Never mind. It's just like a... It's like a software you use with your team to... It's sort of like Asana, where you like can assign tasks and Do you think that there's ever like, a, like, a, like a, a weekend getaway with like Jigsaw, Mark, and Amanda, where it's like, we're going to team build a little bit yeah. to just improve the synergy of the Jigsaw world? Yeah, that's definitely... And they would play little games. I don't know what their games would be, though. What would you like... Maybe just like Zip Zap Zot and like, uh, you know, Two Truths and a Lie and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of classic icebreakers. Did you ever play that Harry game? High Harry or something? I don't know what High Harry is. You just like say Hi Harry and then someone else. Like to my cat as though I were addressing my yeah, cat. Yeah, you could play with your cat. It would be over quickly. Um, It's a game where you like have to remember what to say to people and you just zip around the room going, Hi Harry. And then someone else says something else i i don't think they would play that one it's not very fun i gotta say based on how you described it it sounds like a <laughs> let's see hi harry game. okay so let's get into saw 5 a little bit here basically the major contribution so of everyone saw starts 5, with the name harry oh god uh in a clockwise direction one person and we'll call that person person <laughs> one starts by saying hi harry to the person to the left and we'll call that person person two then person two says, yes, Harry. Hold on. Maybe, okay, Charles, this is maybe it. I remember down. this. Listeners Wait. are probably taking out. They've probably whipped out a notepad and they're, they're, they're dutifully. Yes, well, they can pause it. That's true. I suppose you're right. They can pause. I'll leave little gaps. So if you need to continue. And writing, we'll include a link it. to the rules of High Harry. I will. Which I'm, I'm not convinced is a real game. It's but, Scottish. Uh, I learned this from like this Scottish friend back in like 2010. Wow. So then uh, after person two <laughs> says, yes, Harry, person one says, tell Harry. 
and then who is person three so person three becomes the new harry this is actually sort of similar to saw where there's some sad sack cop who's basically person two jigsaw comes up and says hi harry which in the sawverse is putting them into a desperate trap where they probably will die and then when that person dies it is passed off to person three who becomes the new harry okay this is good stuff let's maybe how about we we uh let the, the listeners soak up the high hairy knowledge they've just received and we'll maybe talk about the movie now well, i just get, well unfortunately there's one thing if someone hesitates or makes a mistake you get to put a black spot on their face and it's called the one spot well that's creative why is it called the one spot well because there's one of them and if you make another mistake you might get the two spot when then when you become the one spot rather than being called hairy you then must refer to that person as one spot or two spot which says you can see how complicated this will get eventually yeah no it's it sounds great and i'm really happy that you shared it can we talk about saw five now is this, hi, do you think we've uh, gotten hi, through the hi harry no no uh, say okay yeah yes, i'm not gonna harry. play i wasn't i literally was not paying attention to you uh, explain the rules of hi harry so i'm not I gonna do it again mm, you know what i think i'm gonna go ahead and say thanks but no thanks uh, I know this is sort of your version of a twisted game, and I admire that you're swinging it's, at it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I, I want to just uh, go ahead and give a tip of the hat to uh, the spiral trailers because they're leaning into the twisted elements. So yes, hard. Oh, I cannot like, wait. I'm sure people are sick of me saying twisted games, and guess what? I'll be saying it yeah, for like the next five episodes of the show or something. But uh, that is basically the like they've they've really made the we should have called this the twisted verse in a lot of ways. Because like, I mean that that could be easily confused with twisted metal the ps1 game so you, yeah listeners might think we've uh, pivoted to cover the weirdly perverse uh violent car fight game. there are more than two what of them to that whole genre there's a million of them what happened to that genre of just car fighting is that still a there's, thing like oh sim, yeah yeah uh, sim street to sim city like the best game of all time you ever play that no i never played that oh my god it was really weird i th- t- t- is that like an official sim game because like basically that would be you would like it seems like it's uh, real. Yeah, there are there are uh, an incredible yeah, amount. Do you want to do these? <laughs> There's one, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. three. We're gonna play four, through all five, of the uh, multiplayer. Six. Are the multiplayer games? Or are you all just fighting? Seven. Well, they started off as like uh, couch, like split screen multiplayer. Um, but I, I'm sure by the PlayStation Three version, Twisted Metal. Oh, I love it when they do that A little reboot action where they just call it the same thing. Wait, this is so interesting. So, Street to Sim City was an official sim game, but you like basically had a car and outfitted it with like weapons and stuff and fought other cars. Jesus, that's awesome. I love that like the manufacturers of just wholesome city builders and plant builders and bug builders also got into well, the Well, here, here's the the weirdest part. I didn't this is really weird because um I really like because this came out in 1997, so I was playing this as like a child and I just thought everyone loved it. And now that I'm actually looking it up, it seems like, critically speaking, this uh, has a Saw sequel level critical reception from the broader PC gaming community. Well, I mean, if you had um, Twisted Metal, I'm not sure. I guess that's true. Twisted Metal was a PS exclusive. So if you needed to get some, you know, destruction. Well, so when did that come out? I mean, I'm saying Street Sim City is 97. This is really, uh, you know. Twisted Metal is 95. That's crazy. Oh, I no, it did come out on that. PC eventually. It all comes back to PC. I mean, I was baby. 10. I was 10 when this came out. I remember playing it at a friend's house. Um, it was one of my favorite games. And I, as I've said many times on the podcast, I was never allowed to have a gaming machine. Mm. And I just would like, I remember just like wanting to play t- Twisted Metal. Unlike most, like that was a game that I really wanted to play that and Commander Keen. I just like invite myself over to a friend's house to play that. Charles, think about the stories that were, are being told on the podcast. <laughs> You're sharing stories of games you wish you played 25 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I played them. But as you know, you get that okay, bug. All right, you get that yeah. bug, you play them once, and you're like, oh, fuck, I wish I had okay, this Okay, Saw house. 5. Hi, Harry. Saw 5. 2008 Saw 5, directed by David Hackle in his feature directorial debut, which is fascinating. I guess if you're going to wade into uh, the world of directing, why not start with the fifth uh, franchise movie in a low-budget horror series? Um, As mentioned in the previous uh, episode, the screenplay is by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, who sort of settle into the the main scribes behind the Sawverse, I believe, for the rest of the series. Um, so once again, we're talking about an October release. This is again at this point, I guess that the fourth or fifth consecutive year of a Saw movie coming out in the fall. 
the budget again, ten point eight million dollars. It's really stalled out. Uh, we, you know, the uh, the last two were ten million dollars. This one is slightly above that. This is a much lower box office. It's it's like just like just under fourteen million dollars. So oh wow, one hundred and fourteen million dollars. Oh me. okay, okay, so okay. <laughs> still still very profitable, but you know, sort of not quite the the the. I believe the last one was like one sixty two or something on a ten million dollar budget. And this movie is interesting because I think for the first time, the major centerpiece of the ongoing labyrinth game style thing, which is sort of a fun return to Saw 2 as far as like, you know, strangers in a strange labyrinth figuring out clues together. It's very disconnected emotionally from the other story arcs that we're following in this movie, which I would argue is one of the things that makes this probably the least compelling Saw so far. Where, again, it's fun to see Twisted Games, lots of people going through all kinds of shenanigans, lots of nail bombs. I would say if you're a nail bomb enthusiast. Yeah, this is the first. This is nail bombs galore. Never seen no, one there's, yet. there's been nail bombs there in have other been? songs. Okay. Well, yeah, they, were, they been... didn't stick out. And this one, uh, yeah, they stick out. Right. So, so five strangers are trapped in this weird sewer series of traps or, you know, spoiler, they should have worked together the whole freaking time. But they don't. So they get decapitated and and bloomed up and by boomers and people get freaking electrocuted and beaten with bats and etc. Then in the end, they saw their forearms in half as one does to fill the little jar full of 10 pints of blood to open the final door. It's a, it's a song as old as time. We all, we've all heard this one, but for the first time that really kind of is a universe onto itself. Yeah. That's happening parallel, not entwined with the larger story about FBI agent. Uh, what, what God, I keep fucking up well, his name. Storm? Storm? I mean, Storm. It's, it's, it's a very strange name. I think it's Strom. Strom. It's sort of like Strom? Snaug, you know, like Strom? the dragon from the oh Lord my God. of the Rings. Imagine Detective Mark Hoffman going up against Smaug. Wow. That was good. I just thought about it. I mean, it's basically that. If you think of Strom as Smaug then Hoffman is in a battle of wits with Strom. Mm. Isn't, an, isn't in a way yeah. the big dragon of the Saw movies people being selfish? I mean, that's that's the takeaway from Five. And what would you think the giant hoard of treasure on which this dragon rests? Maybe some twisted traps? Working together. Working together is the treasure. Eh. Yeah. It's funny because, like, tracking Saw's uh, complicated political attitudes from violent it's... libertarianism to this movie, this is definitely a weird emphasis on collective, yeah. you know, selfish people who need to learn how to work as a unit is the sort of the takeaway here. Again, I think I was a little like, you know, I'm, it's almost on. It's almost not fun to dig into this movie as much because the seams show a lot more on this. Um, I think it's it's just sort of the least consistent entry so far. Yeah. Certainly ideologically i i met someone um recently who said they were a social libertarian do you know what that is i do not know and i do not want to yeah know. i i i literally ended the conversation i was like i don't want to talk to you about this and then he tried to bring it up again i was like dude i do not want to talk to you about why you're a libertarian of any kind and i looked it up later like i don't know this is this made me realize that maybe jigsaw is a social libertarian where he's still like his belief system about cops and the prison system has come to full light where it's not that he doesn't like cops, it's that he doesn't think they're doing a good enough job keeping people in prison. Yeah. And which is, I mean, that's a fine take for a, like a serial killer to have because he sucks anyway. But it's like his big takeaway this time was like, because of a loophole, this man that killed one person got out of jail after five years instead of a hundred years. And you know what? The system is corrupt and wrong because people are getting out of jail early. It's like, yeah, and, and wow, it's, it's a complicated thing, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, we want to live in a system where justice is done and appropriate reparations are made and people are held to be responsible. But turning that into like uncritical adulation of the carceral system is not exactly the answer to that. And, yeah. And actually, they bring up yeah. justice. They use the word justice many times in this movie. And in every sense, it's when someone is executed. So I, I don't think that this this is where the politics of Saw, like we have oscillated so many times from one to two to three to four on like what Jigsaw is actually about. And here in this iteration, he is he is terrible. He's like pro death penalty, pro prison, pro cop, and it, it's just like 
Yeah, they, we get like a Craig Zoller style, uh, like a vigilante, uh, you know, worship where it's like, I don't know if that's really, I don't know. I mean, yeah. again, at, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I think the best part of this movie is that it's just really fun to see them thread a series of needles and going back to seeing how Mark Hoffman was involved from the very first Saw Hell game yeah. we, we see to we, all the way until now. Like, it's kind of fun. And, so, uh, but yeah, yes, I, I, I only bring it up just because it's just like it is one of the threads that has gone through every movie is why Jigsaw is doing this. And it does slightly change every time. And I'm not going to knock this franchise for it because sometimes he's just like ruthlessly anti-cop. And in this one, he just happens to be... It's only one scene too. So like, honestly, you could have just cut it out and it wouldn't have really made much of a difference. But like over and over again, the cops are like, wow, justice has finally been served. And there's a man cut in half by a swinging knife pendulum. It's like, I don't know that that's what justice looks like. Look, there's always a few bad apples, but you can't be against the the whole the whole basket of cops because of a few bad characters. But but they those should die in a twisted game setting. Where this movie does really succeed is I, I totally agree with you that I was waiting right up until the end for more of a connection between the people trapped in a house and the cop antics, which so far consistently through two three and four have always come together and you're like oh fuck i finally understand why we're watching these two things at once yeah this one definitely like i see the connection to the sawverse apparently everyone who was kidnapped the five people who are put through the twisted game were all apparently involved in the house from saw two i guess so that was a little unclear to me they're all involved in uh, you know, a, a bunch of people who are corrupt or taking bribes or but they setting fire to things for heroin. Yeah, so there was a specific house where one of them was getting bribes to push through the development. One of them is a real estate agent. One of them is a journalist looking into it. And one of them was like this dumbass, like drug dealer, rich, rich kid. No, he's a rich junkie who gets bribed with heroin. And by the way, let me just say, this movie takes reporters to task. They are unbearable. I was going to ask you about snobbish. This. I like that they, they chose like a, a like a British tabloid guy, like a ruthless <laughs> British tabloid guy for he's like, like uh, the Saw versus Tooch, basically. Well, I think you're just saying that because he's a bald guy with a beard. Uh, but yes, um, eh, he's got uh, some Tooch energy off of that guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so basically, that whole storyline is just to set up Hoffman framing the FBI agent as the the agent of Jigsaw to to once again throw suspicion off of himself, so he can go back to being the hero cop who saved Jeff's daughter. Um, but yeah, you know, again, this, uh, I, I think, I think the question, the, the strange calculation of this is uh, well, on one level, I was thrilled to see the box full of glass that we saw, yep. like what, and saw three or something. No, that I was mean, the like, last one. It was? Okay. Wait. Regardless. At some point. Yes. It's all in my oh, wait, mind. No, I think you're right. Just, I think it was saw three. It's all just pig juice in my mind, a rich slurry <laughs> of grimness. But yes, we've seen, you know, the fiber, the, the bulletproof, uh, coffin full of glass and we we finally see that come to uh, fruition where uh mark mark hoffman uses that to hide in while poor eric strom is crushed into fbi dust which is um, a great way to end a movie yes that I was fucking that, disgusting that final ending was awesome those shots are great it just my, my, my i think the miscalculation is that you know because they've worked themselves into a bit of a corner with jigsaw being dead it's like is the conclusion we want to see mark hoffman triumphing like is there any universe where that builds up to the same so here's sense of accomplishment here's my theory Uh-oh. Re- remember at the end of hey hold on uh, listeners buckle the fuck up yeah get that notepad I back i out. don't know i don't know what what my uh my co-host is about to say i have no idea we have not Discussed this before, but he's about to drop a bomb on us, and I think you should sit down, buckle up, smoke them if you've got them, pour a drink, lean back, lock your doors, shut your windows, pull the blinds, call your mother, tell her you love her, write a will, mail it, make sure your lawyer got it, make sure a notary has signed off on the will, and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe put up an away message if you're still on AIM. I, I, would, I, uh, I second all that. Um, don't call the police. Though. Don't call the police, but if you are luring an FBI agent into an elaborate basement trap, now's the time to get into your bulletproof box. Right. And oh, but wait, let before, that timer go. You should call a supervisor um, and also have a phone that he can trace back to somewhere else. Um, I don't. Yes, then leave the phone yeah, leave where the, the phone. other crime is happening. And then, most importantly, make sure the FBI agent stops the tape he's listening to at a very specific point and then hits play again uh, when it is appropriate to do so. Okay, Charles. 
go ahead. So yeah, do Let's all that, everybody. Um, yeah. Here's the theory. We'll give you a minute. You can pause the podcast, and we're back. Okay, okay. Charles, take it away. Um, the I don't even remember which movie it is anymore because of how like tight. I one thing I noticed was that we are in movie five, and we are barely past the timeline of movie three. Yes, we're not past the timeline of movie three. We're barely past. The, we're like just in the timeline of movie two still. It's crazy. But the reason why I have this theory is that after the autopsy scene, you see Hoffman come down and he plays the tape. And at the end of that movie is him saying, that was three, right? Not four? I don't even fucking remember. No, th- that's four, four opens with the autopsy. Okay, so sorry. It's four where he's like, you thought because I'm dead, the games are over. But you know what, bitch? The games are just starting. <laughs> I, I was about to jump in with bitch, and I'm really happy you 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 knew where uh, where we needed to drop. And you know that. what Go was yeah. uh, strangely missing from this movie is the scene where Hoff- like that is how four, five is set up. Is we are now expecting this to be a Hoffman game, and un- and strangely, what five does is go back in time and show us how Hoffman gets to that point. So my theory is that this is not a triumph of of Hoffman. Hoffman gets in the box, he sinks down, he escapes the trap, only to be then called in Saw 6 to the autopsy scene where he learns that he is about to get gamed. I mean, that's a great theory. I would love that. So I mean, this, again... Yeah, and this is the crazy... This is why I'm actually... I have, I'm not going to rank these until the end. I might even rewatch them all before I rank them again. But what I love about this movie is that I think is one of the best. We've had some flashbacks in all of them. We've had some going backwards. I think this movie exists in the Saw world almost better than any other one where we are now understanding events from Saw's one through four. And while it might be a little boring and it might not be as like tight like Kirby, as I've mentioned before, where everything comes together, I think this is like a really fantastic use of a franchise and like I do not know where we're going next. I don't know if we're going to continue to live in this world, this like one day that seems to be over and over again, or if we're finally going to move forward. Like this is cool, and I'm really excited about it. No, I mean structurally, this is groundbreaking for our coverage of the world of franchises, and I agree with you. Who knows what twist or turn we'll we'll find next in Saw Six? But before we go any farther in the series, Charles, I do want to tell you and the listeners. Um, Obviously, you watch a series about mortality and death and uh, illness, and you think about your own life and you think about your own death, Charles. And I want you to know that if I die while we're recording the podcast still, uh, not like literally during an episode. Well, I guess I suppose so. But that would be intense. Right. If, uh, you know, God willing, decades down the line, when I ultimately pass, we're still producing this wonderful, beloved podcast. Um, I have been swallowing a series of wax-covered microcassettes huh. that so, will leave instructions for you as to how to continue the podcast in my stead. But so how does, how does this the, work? Because you are well, shitting as, them out well, too, right? Uh, no, they have. Uh, they've seemed to have lodged in part of my intestines. Oh, and you keep so, doing this every day. Well, not every day, but like as the the show develops, I have you know made uh, alterations to my vision of the show. So I'd say there's maybe five or six down there now. Okay. Demand an autopsy whenever I die. I just need you to get into my innards. Um, I now here's sort of egg on my face. I forgot to label the tapes. Yeah. So you're gonna have to go through most of them and try to figure out what order I intended them to be in. This is hard. Um, I might just yeah. not. Well. I mean, I know this I mean, is a lot of work for you, but... It's been a lot of work. It's, yeah. like, it's extremely painful. Can you ma- I mean, they're in there. Do you know how hard it is to swallow a microcassette? I mean, you got to coat it in wax. Have you been coating them in wax first? Oh, my God, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Then you have to like, look up a good non-toxic wax. And also a little bit of that, the mozzarella. Yeah. You put a little mozzarella on there. You put a little olive oil. Olive oil. Here's the thing that non Italians right don't understand about mozzarella. Mozzarella is... The, is it's, it's sort of like if God... God himself, who obviously is an Italian-American, mm. was, to, was to take a fat shit yeah. of all this heavenly goodness compressed into one pillowy, beautiful sphere. It would be mozzarella. You know what I think? What's that? I think it's God's two-in-one shampoo conditioner. Mm. The mozzarella. What was society like before two-in-one shampoo conditioner? I don't. That's a world I don't even want to imagine, if I'm being honest. Ugh, I just, it's like... It's basically pig juice. Might as well be pig juice. But not in a yeah. cool way. In like, a dis- if like pig juice scene were just only disgusting and less cool, 
the two and one. I mean, I've already come out strong. I'm I'm post two and one. I I used to be one and two. I was never actually had a two and one phase, but now I'm zero and zero. Have you, have you know showering without shampooing your hair and conditioning it? Oh God! It strangely feels like a waste of time. Like I get in there and I like it because it's winter and it's like, oh, it's finally a warm place. And then I get in there and I like wipe my ass, wipe my balls clean under the foreskin and then i'm like well that took 30 seconds why did i like what do i do now well, and, and like, i'm circumcised so for me i mean we're talking yeah 15 20 seconds max right but you you wash the hair and that's like the ritual of the shower for i think most americans is the extended rubbing and but yeah when you don't do that anymore it just makes like it's a whole new world in there mm. i spent a lot more time in my asshole let me tell you yeah you know i, I, I could have guessed that um, let, let's talk some behind-the-scenes Saw 5 stuff. The first piece of trivia on IMDb is, uh, this might shock you, apparently the actor who plays FBI agent Eric Strom was a little uncomfortable with uh, having his head stuck in a box full of yeah, water, I don't, and it wasn't fun to shoot that scene. If you can believe that it. That sounds awful. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's. I think that's. I, that's a very believable piece of trivia. That he didn't want to be drowned in a box. And it's like, yeah, that you know what? That scans. I remember when I was in uh, high school, we had a stage that had a curtain for theatrical performances. And once one day, my friend, who I knew very well and liked, he wrapped me up in the curtain. And I fucking freaked out, even though I knew I was totally safe. I knew my friend. He wasn't going to kill me. But just like being trapped in something, even if you're an actor doing it just for this one scene, that must have fucking sucked. I would have hated that. His performance didn't didn't did they almost kill uh, what's her name and now you see me in the opening thing? I think they like. I feel like almost every time Hollywood shoots a scene for someone almost drowns, it's because they almost drowned. Like it's very hard to avoid that. It's like how do we get an actor to think they're drowning? And the big the fat cats in Hollywood are like I drown them, just drown them. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that old like I think it's like a one of those like really uh, ancient Hollywood productions of like. Sodom and Gomorrah or the city of Babylon. I don't know. It's like a D.W. Griffiths picture, I think. They're like, yeah, and in this scene, they just like uh, flooded a valley full of people or something. Like They just <laughs> drowned a bunch of actors. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's how they did it. Like in the old days, it was like, how do we make it look like the horse uh, got shot? And they're like, oh, uh, well, we're going to shoot the horse. Yeah, we, we can do or, that, or in right? Or Throne of Blood, where famously Tashira Mifune asked, like, like Kurosawa was like, now to simulate arrows being fired at you, we're going to fire arrows Wait, at you really and you i just, did not yes. know this oh my god in the climax of throne of blood when he's waving his arms it's <laughs> it's his his it's him being like i'm going to go this way now because famously in throne of blood they built a fortress and then actually burn it down at the end uh much like in the thing where they're like like how do we show uh blowing up the base at the end like well just uh fill it with gasoline and blow it up with fire um, yeah john carpenter anyways. actually reused that in uh, escape from new york with new york yeah, they actually uh, made New York into a massive prison just to shoot that film. Um, okay, a few more th- uh, trivia facts. Danny Glover was offered a chance to come back in the movie, but he found a way to say no politely. Oh, which what I an think ass. Is, uh, he would have I, mean, I love a Dan- He would have been such a nice, like, we see his picture in this one. And it's just like, that would have been, I get it. I get why he doesn't want to be in clip. Saw 5. We get a little clip flashback. I think it's funny that, like, they clearly brought back the guy who plays Obi just so that Mark Hoffman can lay him down on the floor of Saw 2. <laughs> And right. Like, when did they shoot yes. this? <laughs> I know. I was actually. That's one of the things about this is that they are like this is only five years, four years later, but still, it's like they're recreating scenes from Saw Two where they're obviously just like unless they have all this footage, maybe they do, but it's just like the commitment to staying within this time frame with actors that I've never seen act again. I mean, maybe they're just waiting for the call. Like, all right, we're, we need to redo this scene from Saw Two and Saw Seven. So. And that's how they make their I feel living. Like that's part of this like experience of being in a franchise like this. At any time, they probably have a red saw phone in their kitchen yeah. or next to their beds. Yeah. Can you imagine how confusing that would be if uh, like Biden was also in the sawver? So he had he had the one red phone to call a nuclear strike on Russia, and then the other the other red phone for when he's has to come back and be in Saw Seven. Listen, Mac. When I was growing up. I don't know. I don't have the juice to do a full Biden thing right now. But I'm happy you brought up the the president, uh, as some call him. Me and Charles, of course, are holding out for a recount. Um, I'm pretty yeah. confident that Joe Jorgensen uh, is our 
actual president. But Joe Biden addressed Congress this week. And Charles, you hear this? You hear this, Joe Biden talking to Congress? You hear about this? I heard about it. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what he didn't mention just days before the premiere of Spiral? Well, he didn't mention two in one. I'm pretty confident. Uh, No, he didn't mention uh, shampoo conditioner combination. Which was a huge omission. Right. But more to the point, he did not publicly denounce Jigsaw's Twisted Games, nor did he declare a priority of his administration to hold Jigsaw accountable for these Twisted Games. And I think it is deplorable to Uh, live in a country. Accountability. Accountability is everything. Okay. Everything. I've heard of the tolerant left, but tolerating Jigsaw? He is a psychopathic murderer who puts people in twisted games to learn things about themselves, and it needs to stop. Okay? So, Mr. Biden, if you're listening... Which he is. And I have no reason to suspect he's not. He thinks we're his friends sitting with him. If I was, if I was the president, and you know oh, me, I've God. always entertained... I can't you know, wait. Like, Josh, when are you going to throw your hat in the ring? And, you know, yeah, I've been approached. I've been approached. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Uh, I would, one of the first things I would do as president is assemble a, a jigsaw task force because wait that's confusing the, to the me. fbi can't do it or is this a task Local force police to assemble jigsaw traps or to no finally... no god that's no, so okay. twisted. i'm sorry I'm, yeah that is twisted but you know maybe as president you would think you would you know you come in like an obama saying change 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 but then once you get in the office you're like oh i just have to keep doing the work the capital w work that's been laid at me you know, well, so, for one, I would st- I would have kept the troops in Afghanistan. But for two, I, yes, I would have gotten together an elite task force to bring Jigsaw to justice. I mean, he's dead. He's already been justices. But okay, especially but Charles, in as term, we know, yeah. his twisted machinations carry out long beyond uh, his mortal passing. Okay, yeah. Use oh, your brain. Speaking of, I never said uh, a couple episodes ago we mentioned the 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 bloat. Remember that Warcraft three talk? Well, thankfully, listeners how could I forget? Can finally know that I looked it up while we were recording the episode, but just forgot to mention that it was called the blight, not the bloat. Well, I'm happy we could get that so correction. Anyone who's in. been waiting since Saw three uh, for that, yeah, we're now you know you don't have to replay Warcraft three to find out. I just told you. Wow, good stuff. Um, here's sort of a devastating piece of trivia. Um, the the role of Erickson, the the supervising FBI agent, was supposed to be for William Forsythe, which would have been fucking mm. amazing. Talk about a, a, a franchise warrior, uh, William Forsyth. I mean, he's in the Halloween remake. He's yeah. in the Devil's Rejects movies. He's he's sort of a perennial character actor who we know and love. And it would have been nice to see his uh, big, mean, bloated face in this movie. Yeah, that actually, he seemed, who's the guy from, uh, uh, what's that show about Don Draper called? Mid-Men? Yeah. Um, he reminds me of the old white-haired boss. Tom, Tom, the, uh, uh, you're, you're saying uh, t- Tom Roger. I don't know. I have only seen Roger's my problematic fave. Yeah, he's the the boss with the little must, like the white hair, the short hair, and the little mustache. In season seven, he has the mustache. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he reminded me this Erickson. Uh, they could have gone. Oh wait, with no, that hold actor. on, hold on. No, you, you're you 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 know you don't mean Roger. You I don't mean, know uh, who I mean. I just have a visual oh image of him, and he's beautiful. Now I can't remember his name, and I hate it. Only look it up. I for love you. Mad Men. It's the best show. Yeah, I I I never finished it. I got to get back in. You know what? I have been watching a lot more TV, and I think maybe Mad Men will be next. Mad Men's the best show. I, I highly recommend I, it. I've been watching them. Oh, Bert, Bert, Bert Cooper. Bert so, Cooper. Yeah, I, I didn't th- Google it. I just remembered it. So no one fucking listen to the tape. I didn't Google it. I remembered huh. it. I just went to I, I searched Mad Men on. I know this. You're gonna hate this fucking story, and I'm sorry, but I, I searched Mad Men on IMDb, and what came up was a show called Mad Men starring john ham but it says he's playing himself is, is i'm this... sure it's some behind the scenes god damn charles god damn it I clicked you're, so, first you're such a one. fucking idiot i clicked on the first one just Why would shut it... the fuck Mad... up oh is it one jesus word jesus christ just no <laughs> no that's that's a 2007 oh my god Chandler okay Hill just, movie. just shut the fuck up it's 40 we gotta get back to saw five first off this is the first film in the series where no one says game over at the climax which come on why, why take that out yeah you know? i think this I I'm I am gonna defend this movie. I think what this movie is changing could potentially work, and I I do not know yet until I see the next movie. Because if this is basically just like a prequel to Saw Six, 
which I don't care. Like this is like if Primer were spread out into nine movies where we get to see every single timeline from that crazy movie. And I'm I'm fine with a small lull. I brought up Pirates of the Caribbean earlier. I didn't want to just end on uh, teenage mermaid fucking because that's a bad image. What I was trying to say was there are ways to deflate the tension of a franchise in a way that works. And I think Saw 5 is a slowdown. It's it's bringing things to a different level, which I'm actually like, can you imagine if this just kept getting amped and amped and amped up? I don't know if I could take it. So I like that this is bringing the energy down a little bit. I'm loving the characters. I like that the new, like I was, Strom is like, I hate cops, but he's like, I like his energy. I love his interrogation scenes with uh, Jill Tuck. Well, I mean, first off, the return of Jill Tuck. I mean, MVP pick for me, the great Jill Tuck. I love Jill Tuck. (laughs) I love, like, there's this one secondary character who's always out of the fray, but essential to the overall story, and her name is Jill Tuck. It's so funny. It's such a great name, Jill Tuck. So that's this thing that we don't find out. She gets, like, the opening scene is her getting a box, right? With her. And yes, and then the box ultimately is full of doctored evidence to frame FBI agent Eric Strom. Yeah. We, we, what we love about it is that Saw, uh, Jigsaw rather, has a nice Jewish lawyer, Mr. Feldman. Uh, Mrs. Jill Tuck, your, your husband left you a box. Uh, what's in the box? I gotta ask. Yeah, oh, what's I really like that. Um, but yes, I like that once again, as with There Will Be Blood, Saw comes in, does it bigger and better. Everyone's like, oh, Saw's kind of like Seven. Uh, David Fincher is canceled. David David Stank Fincher is fired from movies. Uh, freaking go shoot 28 more scenes of Gary Oldman being a huge fucking dickhead. And uh, Saw's here to stay, baby. And what's in the box? What's in the box? Mr. Feldman does it better. So what, what I like that this movie continued is this idea that for police officers, inaction is better than action. And this is yet again, since two, a story about how you can't save anyone until you save yourself. And Strom, even though he's like the nicest, strongest cop we've met so far, he is still, he's from this first second in this movie, this tape says you can stay here and be fine. Or you can go down that creepy little hallway and my friend, you will be fucked. And he goes down the hallway because all this movie is trying to do, whether it's politics or weird, libertarian, socialist, we don't know. We can see a thread where, he is just trying to tell people to stop doing stuff. And if they just sat still for an hour and a half, they would be fine. Yeah. And they just can't. Yeah. If they just sat down and popped on a Saw movie, they'd be great. Um, also, you know, if you don't have movies on your phone downloaded, just in case you're trapped in a room full of corpses at the bottom of a industrial it's, it's complex. It's a must. You what are you doing? You don't always know when you're getting signal. I recently, because of, I'm not commuting as much i went down to i the first time in a long time where i haven't had unlimited data plan so now when i go on walks i make sure to download all my things i want to listen to and watch while i'm outside it's a must and you don't know when you're gonna get trapped that's one thing i really love is that when they ever they see a trap now or like when people are in the traps they're like oh my god i didn't know this was gonna happen to me i've been fearing this my whole life that i was gonna get jigsawed and i love that little detail that like in this world people are aware of jigsaw yeah at this point everyone's like oh crap we're in a freaking twisted jigsaw game which i liked but it's funny that by saw five this is still just in the timeline like days after saw one so it's like even still it's just like this but idea there's been that, coverage of Saw yeah. for some time, basically. Right. So we're getting towards the end of the episode. You have essentially alluded to the fact that you are still in. You've said, if this is a ramp up to Saw 6, then baby, I'm here for it. Is that is that a fair assessment of your stance on the film? Yes. I'm, I'm not out. I actually really like this movie. I think it's uh, a perfect continuation. I think I forgot to log it on Letterboxd, but... I think it's a good rewatch, too. I think this is, like, once you're used to it, sort of like Saw 4, I was a little bit confused by how it's fitting. Second time through is great. Um, this, I'm not sure, I'm not, again, I'm not going to rank until the end, but I'm definitely not out. In fact, I'm even more in than ever. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think given the consistency of the series and the potential for where it can go from here, I'm looking forward to 6. I'm going to go ahead and say this will likely rank towards the bottom of my Saw rankings ultimately, simply because um, 
you could argue the most valuable death is a repeat of four because we do get a wonderful return to Donnie's head getting crushed by two blocks of ice. And I mean, let's be real. There's literally no death in this movie that competes even closely with either that or I don't know. The games in this are by and large. I think the strong move of, of the crude tracheotomy with the pen is mind blowing and awesome. Yeah, that was right. Awesome. That was really cool. But like, that's not really a death. Obviously, he survives. Can it. you imagine and the discovering game itself that? is like, yeah, it's very it's weird. Like your boss in a box, like, like, hey guys, help! Like, yeah, it's crazy. But but, but th- that game is just like, what if your head got drowned? So that's you know what I mean? so that's not a game. That was he had no escape. That was like an Amanda Amanda Hoffman or definitely not playing by the rules. Yeah, and and that'll likely come to haunt them in Saw Six. Well, this is how Hoffman got in, was he copied Jigsaw because he wanted to kill his sister's murderer. And so he sets up an elaborate Jigsaw game, but just like Amanda, he doesn't actually allow them to escape. And he's got to learn a valuable lesson from Jigsaw about copying, and it's we learn it's great. Um, yeah, so I would say, again, this this sort of feels like the most almost interstitial saw entry this feels like an in-betweener to me which again doesn't make it bad per se but like it's not climactic it it like it gets us through how does hoffman elude the one like pronounced mistake we've seen so far where where strom survives an execution he you know gets out of that scenario that's and, and we learn ever more about the backstory but little has been done to sort of progress the plot in this one other than setting up again the reality that hoffman will likely himself be the target of sauce twisted games down the line so on that level i think it 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 deliberately takes a uh, a narrative backseat to the much more aggressive leaps forward that the first four take in actual both chronological and world building. So, you know, I, I, the, the the lowest octane saw to date, but, you know, I really enjoy this cinematic world. So I, I'm, I'm hardly turned off it. I'm not I'm not asking when will it end. Um I am asking when will Joe Biden address the very real concern that I have about uh, Twisted Games being played. That's fair. I think it is. Uh, so Most Valuable Death, like I said, it's a, it almost feels like a ringer to show us a, a repeat of the epic I think uh, we have Matthews to make a finale. I think we have to make a rule. No flashbacks? It has to be a new death. Because you actually see uh, the, the check. We've seen... What was her name? Lynn from Saw 3, the Chekhov's uh, shotgun Chekhov's caller. Chekhov's shotgun caller, Jeff's wife, Lynn, Dr. Lynn. We've seen that now three times. Just that exploded, just disgusting neck hole. We've seen that now three times, and I don't think you can pick it now because we've already seen it, and it's gone. So we have to pick something new. There aren't that many new deaths. It is an interesting one. We have the people in the house, and as much as I didn't, Un, like I sort of was off put that it didn't connect to the larger plot. I really liked that was my I liked it more than the house and two. It's a little simpler. And I also like that the, the end of it is like, oh, it, if we had just done this together, we would we would be maybe not fine because we all would have had missing arms, but we would be better off. And I it was more of a fun, like sort of puzzly where you could actually like see them try to figure things out rather than just being subjected to torture. I, I I liked it, and I don't know if any of them get an MVD though, because none of them were all that satisfying. I I mean the 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 forearms being sawed in half That's, is definitely pretty gut. Does he die from that? He died. It from certainly that. seems. I think like he's, he's dead my at that point. He must be my MVD then, because that is a. I, I guess I'm forced to just co-sign that because I, I it's again one of the rare movies where it's like a little hard because like what the the building inspector lady is bludgeoned to death. And then her body is electrocuted and the journalist gets blowed up and the lady gets decapitated and the guy gets cut in half with the pit and the pendulum reference. Yeah, those are all good. But I think ultimately the gut churning quality is why we turn to these films to some degree. So I guess the opening pendulum, well, I think I don't want to choose it just because it's it's sort of not I didn't really connect to it in the same way that the guy's hand it is an it's an amazing special effects work just watching a saw just like cut a man in half um well done but i think i i'm going to give it to the guy because his as like can you imagine i love the, the my favorite ones are the ones where people are forced to sort of see what is coming i've picked reverse bear trap i've picked uh inverse whatever the other guy was where like he had to cut his own eye it's just like 
the moment where he's like he's got his hand and he like puts in his hand in the hole and then he pulls it back out and then he pulls puts it in and is like my hands in the hole i just like thought that was really intense in a way that this movie like that was like maybe the most intense this movie got was him screaming how his hand is in a hole yeah so i mean i think i'm with that being said i, I agree with you i think the forearms being sawed in half is the most upsetting and memorable but uh i would say the worst the worst deaths so far, which I only say in the wake of some truly spectacular deaths. So, you know, that said, um, let me see. Big takeaways, you know, going into six. What are what are we keeping our eye on as the story progresses? We talked about the reality that Hoffman will have to confront things. Now, normally, I will say this. Um, usually there's a surviving law enforcement agent who inherits the ongoing Jigsaw investigation. Yeah. Obviously, Hoffman at this point we know is very much a part of the Jigsaw world. I would be a little surprised if Erickson, the FBI supervisor, yeah. takes over that. He he's sort not of a seems great like character. a character. Right. He's pretty mild uh, or, or bland, rather. So I don't know. I guess I'm, we may get some fresh blood, so to speak, in that realm. Because Strom was in four, so there's like the continuity there. We learned that Perez is dead. And that was fucking gross where he's just like hanging out in her old uh, hospital room where there's just blood. Cause like, I don't know how long that's been there, but the pillowcase and the sheets are still covered with their blood. Um, yeah, I think if we can, tr- all I know really about the rest of this franchise is from Spiral, just watching that trailer, cops seem to play a role in this franchise. So I predict we will get a new batch of shitty cops to watch sort of flounder around while they try to figure this out. And we're getting towards like sort of the the final third of the original series because again, Saw Seven was sort of the original ending. Then Jigsaw was sort of it seems like in an abortive attempt to spawn a spinoff franchise that kind of stopped there. So we are sort of theoretically winding down this major cycle of the Sawverse. Um, so I, I guess. Uh, Six has got to do a lot of work to set up seven, which again was billed as Saw 3D, the final chapter. Yeah. So from my vantage point, six has really got to raise the stakes and the and the energy. And uh, I guess I'm very excited. I, I really love. I mean, it's again, you, you, you take on a project like this podcast, and you're like, what do you take away from watching this many franchises? I think I'm really enjoying the Saw franchise maybe the most so far because the the consistency has been remarkable to date. And we've talked earlier about how it's sort of an unfair advantage to be working off of a source material because you already know the world. You know what needs to be in it and you can figure out how to incorporate it. We know that Saw was a one-off. Saw 2 was like someone else wrote the script. They adapted it into a Saw. Like this this is like if Die Hard, that same level of franchising where we can just move other ideas into it and Die Hard fucking failed miserably other than Die Hard 5 which rules this Die Hard is- 3 hold on with the vengeance is there I love it with the vengeance yeah but just, come on man Die Hard 5 Mwah, so good. anyway this is like they could they have figured out through consistent screenwriting and the direction doesn't seem to be as important you know who's also maintained is this fucking cinematographer has been there since saw one and he is through there through saw seven and i honestly like that's huge the the visual storytelling in this in this from the sweeping spiraling camera work when people are like trying to get out of traps like that is an awesome thing to stay consistent um and of course the music who who when you get to the end of a saw movie and you're not hearing that music in your head ready for it uh you don't know what the saw movies are all about yeah, and again, like that that big ramp up to the shot of you know uh, Hoffman in the transparent coffin with the uh, blood splattering over it. It's a great oh, shot. Wait, no, it's, I, it's what really am I fucking fun. talking about? Of course, the MVD is is Strom getting smushed. Yeah, what the fuck about? I? I forgot um, all about it. Like, love that. Here's the thing. I I don't know if I entirely agree because while it's it's definitely, I just feel like being crushed to death is sort of a classic. Like, like I I, I can see that in other. I've yeah. seen that in You've other. Seen things. it in Star Wars. For one, I'm sorry well, to bring it actually, up. Actually, as the very terrible trivia section of Saw Five points out, uh, most people survive crushing traps in other movies, like in Star Wars: A New Hope, but not in Saw Five, baby. Nope, no one survives. But you know, I'm, I'm changing. I'm, I'm. Wow. In the same way that earlier we made some bold statements about some shit that I already forgot, I'm retracting that, and I'm, I'm issuing my MVD to Strom, and I haven't given my MVP either. I know you gave it to Tuck. I think I'm going to do I Josh, I'm going to whisper something to you and then we're going to, okay. Gonna, yeah, this is in confidence. So feel, yeah. Do you, think, do you think I should give it to, to jigsaw again? Do you think three in a row is too much? 
I don't know. I would argue this is kind of a jigsaw light yeah, movie but compared he's so to the last good. couple. He's so good. He is so good. I would argue that uh, Scott Patterson's performance as Strom doing the tracheotomy voice is fucking. That's yeah. the, he really commits. That's to the who I'm giving it to. So thankfully, no one listened to my earlier ideas. Uh, Strom is upgraded to MVD, and he's also awarded MVP. Um, yeah, I, I love his tenacity. I've, I've his, he's been strong since the interviews in four or whatever. I don't even remember anything. But uh, yeah, he's he's great, and I'm I'm glad that he's dead. I don't want more of him, but he had a fucking beautiful arc. Um, I felt, I think the saddest for him, you know, Donny Wahlberg was a pathetic creep. Uh, yeah, Rig- th- this guy genuinely seems like he's giving it his all and really is dealt quite a bum hand. And yeah. he's still very enthusiastic about going alone into extremely dangerous situations. <laughs> he's a so, complicated yeah. man. Strom, you've earned my respect. And uh, while I still do not admire your profession, I admire you. And your sweet, sweet ass. And, and what a beautiful note to end on. Mazel tov to the great Agent Strom. Join us next week for Saw 6 as we uh, limp towards the end of a long, brutal, and twisted series. And uh, as always, check out our Patreon. We're on social media. Uh, this has been When Will It End? The Movie Podcast. And be- because, um, because the movie didn't have it, I'm going to end with a game over. That sounds like. Go okay ahead, give you? us a give us a plum game over, Charles. Dun 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 dun